On this episode of Axel Regato Talks, we are joined by Walthamstow's very own, Jeshi. Hey, how you doing? I'm good. Thanks for being here. Pleasure. How you doing? In front of this beautiful wall of blue speakers. It's pretty slick, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I've heard this. Yeah, it looks great. You can have it after. <laughs> you can fill my house with it. Yeah, have it after. <laughs> I'm going to get rid of all my possessions and just like... This is the start be the of only it. thing I own. Yes. I'll sleep on it, eat on it, everything. This is the springboard. I mean, I'm sure it folds down in some sort of way. Sick. I'm so glad you're here today. When we were putting together this second season of Accelerogato Talks, yeah. what I really admire about your music and what you have to say creatively is it really comes from a place of honesty and I very much see you as a storyteller. Yeah. Has that always been the case with your work or has did it sort of was it born out of listening to people and not really getting a sense of who they are from their work? So I'd say the biggest thing that that kind of came from was you know I was making stuff that at the time I was happy with and excited by and it wasn't really connecting with people the way things I love connect with me if that makes sense mm. and I think it's very easy as artists to blame everyone else for things not resonating with people you know people want to blame their label manager this that this the audience it's everyone else's fault except for their own but I kind of had to sit down and think you know what like all of those things do play a part, but I think the main thing, if you're making great art that connects with people, mm. it connects with people at the end of the day. So like, you know, I sat for ages and kind of really picked it apart and thought about like what it is I have to say and the things that make me unique and how to translate that through the music I'm making. Um, and yeah, it kind of just changed everything for me, really like in just in, in terms of life and my approach and what I'm making. So yeah, it was kind of just like, as a, a product of things not going how I wanted them to go and try to figure out why. I love that. When it comes to your <clears throat> beginnings as an artist, yep. run me through where you started and kind of the journey to releasing Universal Credit, which is the debut album we're going to yep. get onto. So where did you start? Was it like a series of gigging? Was it sort of showcases, anything? No, so I was in um, like secondary school when I was like, like 11, 12 or whatever. And like I... Um, made friends with people who were like from the area that I was living in at the time and they'd been like making music in like friends houses and stuff like nothing like very grandiose or anything but just like kind of recording over instrumentals off LimeWire or off the like rips from the internet and stuff oh, and I don't remember LimeWire. Our LimeWire was great um and so, yeah, so basically I just found it really mind-blowing. I'd always loved music and like spent loads of time just like obsessed with music, music video channels um, and soaking in loads of stuff. But it never seemed like a fathomable thing that you could like make music yeah. without like being like some like big person with loads of money and stuff. Um, Actually, it doesn't feel in reach. Yeah, it doesn't feel in reach. But then when you're like sitting on a bus back from school and like your, your mate's like bluetooth in you maybe it was even infrared then i don't know um but sending you these songs that they're making like in in their house and stuff and it, it's just like yeah it kind of like blew my mind and like i instantly it's like something i wanted to be a part of and i guess from then it's just been like a evolution of like growing and the music growing with that and just kind of figuring out as i go along i guess yeah. i don't know I, don't, I, I really don't know what i'm doing i'm just winging it <laughs> to be completely honest like a load of happy accidents yeah 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 but i think what you're putting out is amazing and Speaking of the video side of it, yep. your music videos are insane. Oh, thank you so much. Like truly, I think with the way the industry is changing and obviously like the landscape changing at such a fast pace where there's less money invested in music videos, yep. and the, you know, that sort of thing. And, and 
people reducing songs to two and a half minutes to sort of get in the radio plays. I feel like you naturally rebel against that. Yeah. So when I was watching your music videos, like Generation is a great one for me. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like CCTV style and it's going in and out of sort of dysfunctional teens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What, I imagine you have quite a big hand in the concept of it all. Yeah. So it kind of varies video to video. That, that one more than some of the others. But in general, I think what I pride myself on is just having good taste to surround myself with like the best people doing stuff. So whether that's photographers or videographers or mm. people I make music with, it's like really about wanting to work with like the best, of, the best of the best and like not really being content with anything less than that. Mm. And like people who inspire me, I can help inspire and get the best out of them a little bit. Um, and I think the reason why I'm so involved is just cause like I, I, I just like love videos and I love, yeah good artwork and like just just stuff like that I, I think nothing against artists who aren't as involved in that but like I think it's it comes down to who you are as a person I think you can't really force that mm. um I think if it's not something you care about it's best leave it to other people to do but yeah I just I just, I just love it it's just, it's so fun <laughs> I wish they weren't so expensive to make but <laughs> are they quite spenny yeah I mean videos are just in general because it's like pay like you have to pay everyone who's there and just renting kit and stuff. It's, it's like a lot, even if you're not doing anything too crazy, it's still mm. like, it's still a lot. And like, there's like a big argument these days about, you know, is it worth it? Because it's not like back in the day where like it goes on MTV and millions of people do it. You know, you spend loads of money on, on a video and you can put it on YouTube and like not that much people see it or whatever. But like, mm. I don't know. I think it's important. I think with what I'm doing, it helps paint me as the artist I am. Um, which I think you can't really get across on the grid of Instagram as well totally. as you can through like videos. No, I'm glad, I'm glad it's important to you because I think <clears throat> the visual nature of it all resonates with a lot of people. Yeah. And especially because your music strikes me as like, you're creating a body of work here, yeah. you know, which is like a, we had someone else on the show, Jordan, who was talking yeah. about this sort of sonic footprint. Yeah. Yours has like a, di like a visual one as well, yeah. which I think is great. Yeah. Well, it's always something strange I've had because people have always said like that my music's very visual, but it's not something I've ever consciously tried to do. Mm. But I think because it's a lot of it's so literal and it's kind of like talking about my life and about experiences and the way I see the world, I think it just feels visual because I'm kind of like all the things I'm internalizing, I'm kind of like regurgitating and painting my world painting them back out yeah 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 so so it feels visual because you know it is it's like some artists create like a what's the difference which i always get this really wrong non-fiction means non-fiction is true fiction is fictional okay so a lot of people create fictional worlds which i always admire where yeah. it's like you know they're a character in this fictional world mine is very non-fictional um which are my favorite type of books yeah i can't i can't get my head around fiction books. neither can i yeah no so that's why i don't make fictional music. i think it's from <laughs> i think it's from doing i don't know maybe it's sociology at school it's like secondary school or something but i always like hearing real stories like i love yeah. a good autobiography yeah you know um Speaking of your debut album, Universal Credit, yeah, huge impact. <clears throat> and as you were saying, it's kind of biographical as well, isn't it? Because you were growing up in um, a world which was so far from, like, you know, the halls of Westminster. Yeah. So when legislation and laws pass in terms of, like, the Universal Credit payout during yeah. the pandemic, you've said before we were always living in some sort of pandemic in a way. Yeah. What made you go with, what made you hit the yes button on that concept for the record? Um, 
I knew that I wanted the album to be quite a literal reflection of my circumstances, mm. like the good and the bad of that. And I mean, at the time I was on universal credit and like very stressed about money and stuff. And I think a lot of the time it's about like finding words that kind of really can capture that. And I thought that was just such like a, I, I always love like being able to reappropriate something like, you know, taking those words that mean something very mundane and like quite, quite have, have quite a negative connotation mm. and trying to put like a spin on it and make it, give it like a kind of new power. Um, and uh, yeah, I just felt like it summarized the whole thing very well. And also just like, there's so many offshoots visually from that. Um, you know, when you look at like, you know, P45s and like the connection that I was playing with a lot with like universal credit and the lottery and like there's, it just, it just helps create like a nice visual world that mm. represents kind of what I'm talking about in the album. So yeah. The album's amazing. Thank you. What was your <clears throat> education into music? Like mine was Singstar. Did you ever play Singstar? That was mine. No, I never played Singstar. On PS2, had, it was the best. I remember I had this game. Oh, what was it called? It was like called, it was like Def Jam Rap Star or, some, or something like that. Was it like, like a PlayStation Yeah, it was like a karaoke mic. PlayStation game. Like, <laughs> and like, oh, but I can't remember what, I'm trying to remember what song was on it. It was like, yeah, I can't remember. It was like, like was it like a genre oh okay yeah. so it was like a particular genre yeah 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 yeah. kind of and I, yeah that was quite funny i used to i remember doing it with like my little sisters and stuff but no that that wasn't really that was kind of just like funny <laughs> i mean like when i was I, when i was in school i i never paid attention to the music class because i it was always kind of like looks it was like some time where you could just like mess around right like yeah. free time kind of thing which isn't not good i don't encourage that but um, we, was this primary school or secondary school? secondary school okay because in primary school i just remember being handed a recorder and that, <laughs> that class there's a music lesson yeah yeah but i think it's the same when i was in school it's kind of like they just let you in these rooms and put you on like the computers and let you just like mess around it wasn't yeah, like, very IT structured class. and then i went to college and like was doing like music technology and like learned like they were trying to teach me like piano theory and all this stuff and like i don't know at that age i just really switched off to like lots of things i just didn't really have any interest yeah, in like listening though. to people um authority yeah to take take down the man um <laughs> now i would probably wish i did but you know what like i think you're doing all right is what it is yeah <laughs> yeah i remember sing star because it had um superstar by jamelia oh sick. Do you remember that song yeah big song oh, where's jamelia at these days She's still making. I don't know. Last time I saw her, she was doing like a Never Mind the Buzzcocks thing, but so that was years ago. A British icon. She's an absolute <laughs> British icon. So, right, I've got a little speed round for you. Speed Rapid round. Rapid fire questions. You ready? So I'll see how quick my brain is. <laughs> Let's see. <laughs> right, something you'd tell your younger self. Uh, listen to nobody. <laughs> listen to nobody. Yeah. Were you listening to everybody at that time? Uh, I, th I think you, in general, I think we, d we do listen to people a bit too much. I think, yeah. To be fair, I don't think I was listening to people much then. I'd say just keep, them, <laughs> keep not listening. Keep not listening. <laughs> Person from history you'd like to take to lunch? Um, sorry, that's, that's not very speedy. It's okay. Um, Amy Winehouse. You're the second person today that said that. I mean, she, she won an enigma. You know they're making a new film of her? Oh my God, I saw the pictures. It looks so bad. I know. It didn't even look like her. <sighs> it's a tricky one because it's like she's... Uh, She's such a ledge, and you almost want to handle her story with such care. Yeah. But you know they're not going to. No. And, and with certain biopics they do, 
But like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I've not seen, maybe it's amazing. I don't know, but I, just, I saw know. some pictures and like, I, I don't, it didn't, it didn't really, it felt quite distasteful. Of her screaming to the taxi. Yeah. I saw that too. Yeah. And it's like, I'm sure they, there's more in it than that, but I don't know. It's so fresh as well. I don't know. Totally. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to go. Let's to, see what happens. With or maybe just go to the pub with her would probably be more fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, place you're dying to travel to. Uh, Colombia. Ooh. Yeah. Just had a sick. You mean? No. I no, but I'd, I've heard. I've always heard like really good things. Said people tell me it's like the best place I've been. And, like, really, I've never been to South America, so I'd make, I'd like to go there this year. Before. Have you seen Encanto? No, oh I've seen God. Narcos. Oh, Narcos. Okay, <laughs> different kind of. I'm thinking of the Disney Pixar film. Um, Desert Island Disc. If you were pushed on a boat to a desert island, you had to take one album with you. What would it be? Um, maybe Dummy by Portishead. Hmm. Yeah, I love Portishead. I love Portishead. They're, they're someone who like I want to see live so bad. They're a big inspo for you. Well, I kind of got into them quite late. Like, but that whole scene of like trip hop, like their massive attack and stuff. Like, it, I'm like quite obsessed with Englishness mm. in in like a because I just think for like such a tiny island, like m the most musical innovation has like come from here, and just creating like scenes. If you look at like grime or like even like drill now, or, like trip hop in, in that mm. time um, or like rock music like so much like so much amazing great things have come from here and I think that scene of like that whole Bristolian thing is like it's just really cool and I think it's amazing people who made music in the 90s and the early 2000s that like you play it now and it still sounds so futuristic it's definitely sick. I think I'd rather I'd love to live in the 90s I was born, born 94 yeah. but I'd love to be like a fully grown adult to enjoy the 90s yeah I think the 90s looked sick because you could still smoke in pubs See, I'm not into that. You know, you, you go to like Berlin and like you be you in these bars and like it's and then like, I remember I was in Berlin like last year and like it, it's it's all fine. Like everyone's in there. It's quite fun at first. Like you're smoking in the pub, or whatever. And then suddenly it's like the air is so thick and like your <laughs> eyes are like going red and stuff. And you become a walking ashtray. Yeah, I hate it. Like where, where's that place? Paris in like in the clubs. It's like indoor smoking areas in the club. And like when you're out, the whole point. What's in a room? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's horrible. It's like a coffin. It's like a room, a tiny room where everyone has to go in and smoke their cigarettes. You know, Tokyo is like that as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm not into it. I, I like like a good old fashioned cigarette outside. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Tokyo have these like air conditioned rooms that you can go into. It's like super, it's like kind of like Singapore with chewing gum. Yeah, yeah. It's super illegal to like throw a cigarette on the floor in Tokyo. Oh, really? But, but they put you in this sort of like AC room. Yeah. I mean, at least it's got AC. The ones I've been in, they're like really hot and really smoky. Yeah. Which is not, not fun. What's something people get wrong about you? Um, do you know the thing I think a lot of the time is like, I think because of the album and some of the themes in it, mm. it, it so what is something I struggle with a lot. So, you know, you do interviews a lot and people go like, this is like so political and stuff. But when I made this, it wasn't, it had, I, to be fair, I'm not a very political person, which I think people would think that I am from like seem, right? doing an album called Universal Credit. Yeah. But what it was really of is talking about my immediate situation, which people connect with because there's loads of people who are also in the same situation and I struggled with this a long time with people saying it's political and I always wanted to rebel and say it's not mm. but actually we live in a society where everything in some way is political totally just like the album is just like conversations you have it all links back because politics has a hand to play in everything in every situation we're in in any struggle that we're in and in the good the bad and the ugly of mm. everything so yeah I mean I think that's probably something that People probably think I'm much more like, you know, charged, bring, bring them down or whatever. I, I, for me, it's kind of like, 
I think a lot of the time I feel quite switched off to a lot of the, those things. Um, but yeah, it's just, for me, it's about the outlet of addressing my own situation, yeah. which I think is the best way because then I think people connect with it because it's, it's real. It's not like this performative thing of like, I'm going to take down the system or whatever. I'm just like talking about my feelings and where I'm at and totally. people seem to feel similar. Because it's less of a statement for statement's sake. It's more like we're all going through this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because, you know, a lot of the time I, I kind of hate, I think people can be very performative with mm. that. And it's like, you know, you look these days and like you go on the internet and people are like, people have so much to say about about so much but like a lot of the time it's just words it's like I, yeah. yeah I don't know I like how the French riot yeah well have you done, I mean do you know what like I always will, will rate that it's like you know what if you feel that passionately about it and you, you really want to go out and do that I'm not saying it's good but like at least like no but it's such a at least you're trying to do yeah like I mean the English are so just like kind of like keep calm carry on just like head um, totally write, so write a passive aggressive tweet yeah <laughs> I really rate the French for that. Yeah. The more chaos, the better. I mean, especially yeah. when it comes to that. So I have spoken to artists who are like decades into music. Mm. Where do you feel, where do you feel you're at in terms of your own sort of timeline? Do you feel you've been going for a few years? Yeah. You've had a debut album out. Do you feel like that sort of just getting started energy is brimming or do you feel a lot more settled and almost like, uh, you know, no, I feel, I feel, to be fair, like, I feel like at ground zero. Do um, yeah. I don't, because, I don't know, I just don't really hold on to things that much. Like, I don't really, like, once I put something out, it just doesn't really mean anything to me mm. anymore. Like, I'm very much, like, now I'm working on what I'll be putting out next, and I'm working on it, like, hungrier than I ever have been. Mm. And, I don't know, like, I don't read things people write about me. I don't read reviews. I don't really re read press articles or any of that stuff. You it, also don't care about the numbers of it all either. No, 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 no. Yeah. It's like all these things, they, I think they can really damage artists' perspective of stuff. And it, yeah. it makes people start walking into rooms feeling like they've got it all figured out because something went really well. And I think, you know, in the same way, if something doesn't do well, I don't think it should make you feel like a bad person or like you're, what you're doing isn't working I don't think if it does well it should inflate your ego and make totally. you feel like give you a bit of like this god complex which I think really hinders people creatively so I just try and like walk into rooms without any of that and just like do what I love which is making things and trying to push things in a new direction mm. even with what I'm doing now it's about not making another universal credit it's like making something that actually completely goes away from that which a lot of the time, you know, if something feels like it's working, people want you to do it again. Totally. Um, but I feel like it's like the artist's duty to say no. <laughs> well, you mentioned Madonna earlier. Yeah, Before, yeah I wanted them to make me look like Madonna. How would they do that? I don't know. They do, we talk about um, hair and makeup. And, uh, yeah, you could, know. you know, there, there might be a cone bra out the back. Got, she wears like grills and stuff now, don't she? Yeah. I did, but I didn't know. I had to Google the other day because I was like, she's like a bit like a almost like an alien, like you can't really figure out how like, old she is. Like, she's like almost 70, it's kind of yeah. mad. No, like she's a legend. She might be the oldest person in Grills. Maybe. There I must mean, be a world record. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of, speaking of Madonna, and like you were saying, it's that kind of art of reinvention. Yeah. And, you know, we have other guests that are coming on as well that have spoken about having a breakthrough record at 17. Fast forward five years and they want them, you know, their sort of management and stuff and the, the tour organisers want them to recreate that 17-year-old energy. Yeah, yeah. That's not possible. Yeah, and I think the moment you start trying to do it, it kind of all goes wrong. Yeah. I think the best way is to kind of like be elusive and 
re, as you said, like reinvent yourself. I think it's like what the the great artists do. I mean, if you look at like my favorite Radiohead album, Kid A, which was like such a left turn from everything that they'd done previously mm. into like more electronic music and stuff like that, and kind of getting away from that traditional like guitar-y rock stuff. And like it, it worked so well because it it's like punk at the end of the day. I think like punk is not about people smashing guitars and like the genre of music. It's about the attitude. Totally. And I think it's something that is very ingrained in British arts a little bit. And mm -hmm. I think it's something that we should hold on to and like challenge people when they want us to do a certain thing. Cause like, I don't know, I'd, I'd always rather things work cause I did what I want. I think a lot of the time what happens is artists listen to everyone and get pushed and pulled in loads of different directions. And it can work and you can not be happy or it also can't work and you just are full of resentment for all of these people, which is not a place I want to be in. And that's why a lo load of people burn out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it's quite like a taxing thing on the brain. 100%. When you, when you have a sort of like a solid writing sesh, yeah. what do you do after that? I'm really interested to get into sort of like how you recharge and come back to like a piece of, you know, a song or something you're working on. Like, what do you do? Like we spoke to Masterpiece this morning mm. and he was like, to be honest with you, yeah. I go home, I put on Come Down With Me and I just <laughs> lay down. So what would you say is something where you're like, I just need to like switch off? So I, what I've got into now, like it kind of goes in phases. So last year I didn't really make any music. I like mm. put the album out and I just had been working a lot and I just didn't do anything. Yeah. I had no interest in going to the studio. I had no interest in making anything. So I didn't force myself to. Yeah. And then like now coming into this year, it's like, like crazed, obsessed with like nonstop wanting to be in the studio, wanting to be making stuff. That's what you're feeling now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like the moment I leave, all I'm thinking about is like getting back. Um, which I'll see how long that lasts. Um, <laughs> but while I'm in that place, I just try and like pull every every bit of juice out of that. 100%. Um, and then like chill for a bit and allow, because I think sometimes as well, when I spoke about like, you know, this thing of like reinventing yourself and stuff, if I went straight from that album and just continued making music, it would all feel in that same vein. I think sometimes you have to like take a step back, soak up new things, new inspirations and think about what it is that you want to say to the world now. Yeah. Yeah. take stock of what's happening because then it can feel really cyclical yeah and you're like regurgitating the same stuff yeah exactly which I, I don't want to do what's next for 2023 because I know that you love shows yeah. like you really have a deep connection and dialogue with your fans yeah. like whether it's like merch or you know selling out shows in like matter of minutes yeah. in the build up to the album and maybe the, the question I want to ask is how do you stay connected with your fans yeah. ahead of a show and then at the show Ahead of the show, I, I mean, I try and like, ahead of the show, I don't really know. Because sometimes I think what you don't want to do, which I don't want to do, is get too caught up on Instagram, mm. talking to people all the time and stuff. Because I, I don't know, it's, it's just not how I am as a person. I, I rate when people do do that and they do like all these Insta lives, which I've never done, maybe one day I will. But I was, you know what I find too awkward talking to like a phone camera? I'm just like, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I just don't know. Maybe I'll reach a point in my life where I can, but randomly. <laughs> Um, I mean, don't hurry it because it's like... You know. No, but but what what I love is like, you know, when I first started doing shows after the pandemic and like you meet all these people who the music really connects with, I think they're... It's so much more valuable in real life when you can actually stop and like have a proper conversation with stuff. Yeah. It's to people. So, you know, at the shows, I, I don't know, all this funny stuff happens at my, at my shows. I don't know why. Like, yeah. What people always want to do B-reels, which I didn't even know what they were. But yeah, I don't know what B-reel. I, I, I know minutes. what it is now. Yeah. Now every show I do, everyone's like, B-reel. Um, which is quite funny. Um, yeah, there's just funny interactions. At my show at Oslo, 
I don't know what happened or someone was trying to like sabotage me, but like I got on stage and the floor was so slippy. It was like someone like poured olive oil everywhere. So I was like playing and kept like losing my feet a little. Some, the floor was thick, the, the stage the, floor. Yeah, it was so slippery. And then like, I was talking to the crowd about it and I was like, you know what? Like I want someone to n feel this. Who wants to come on stage and run from one side to the other and not fall over? So then, so then people's like, yeah, yeah. So then this kid comes up and I was like, and then he like cut off the music, whatever, and like he starts there, tries to run to the other stage and like literally gets in and just like stacks it, like whatever. And then everyone's like cheering and stuff. It's funny. Um, Do you think someone sabotaged you? Was it just a stick? No, I don't know. Maybe it was my. I don't know. I don't know mm. what it was. They probably maybe they were trying to like make it clean. I don't know. But it was funny. I think with shows, I just don't really plan much. I like I, you know, I know the songs I'm doing and stuff, but yeah. most of it is very off the cuff of like things happening in the room or whatever. Um, yeah. Great. And then in terms of, have you got any sort of like festivals that you're like dying to do? Like Glastonbury is a big one for UK artists. Yeah. Reading and Leeds seems like a bit of a rite of passage. Yeah. What's your stance on like the whole festival circuit? I mean, I, I want to play all of them, but <laughs> Glasto is always a thing where it's like, I spent so much time and I still watch like a lot of like, like iconic videos of people playing there on like the, the pyramid stage and stuff and I think just the, the just the name I went there for the first time last year I didn't well, I played like a little bit I played on someone else's set and like mm. DJed in an empty room which was sick uh, <laughs> yeah um, but yeah that I, hopefully I'll play there this year if not then that's life but yeah that's somewhere that it, it would mean a lot mm. um, and just like I think the sick thing as well is just like some of the places you travel to like exactly. Even last year, so I don't for the first time properly. Like you know, you go to like these random cities and countries that like otherwise you'd probably never go to. To be completely honest, mm. um, it just opens up your world so much. Totally, um, which I love. Thank you so much for sitting down with me today. Oh, thank it's been you a so pleasure much. It's been to great.